Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Need to Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, just like every week, Spencer Howland, and I'm joined by former co-host, host of the Constructed Criticism Podcast, writer for Card Kingdom, and knower of all things Tennessee basketball, Mason Clark. Factually proved wrong moments ago. <laughs> no proof. No at all. I know all about the Memphis Grizzlies. Boom. He's and we are we also joined yeah. just like every week by the West Singleton. How's it going, West? We're not talking about Pokemon this week. I'll find a way. <laughs> well, welcome back, Mason. This Good podcast was started two years ago last week. Oh, it's funny. I was thinking about that today. I was like, I think it's probably two years old now, but it's hard to know it's quarantined. Well, and also because, like, you know, we took a year off or a yeah, year and cool. a half off, you know. Give <laughs> or take. Give or take. Yeah. Well, welcome back, Mason. We're not talking about There Will Be Blood, even though I did invite you to do that. I was ready to bring it up. I had a segue ready. <laughs> uh, but there will be blood when we talk about our main topic today, which is MTG Arena. You're right. That is a topic that will make many people mad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, we're, we're, we're going to straight up review MTG Arena. And this is a little bit different because I actually want to do this uh, with lots of different clients. I would love to do this with the Pokemon TCG online client. You know, I, I would love to do this with kind of other other games where this is kind of the, the, the new... I mean, Hearthstone is something that both Wes and I play. But, you know, since the Heasy Game Media brand has constructed criticism with it, we thought, why not bring on... SCG grinder, uh, you know, card kingdom writer, Mason, the Mason Clark on to talk about it. <laughs> Happy to be here. I might've slept through the last SCG. It's hard to know. <laughs> That's also like a conventional part I, I of grinding SCGs. I didn't tell my wife that there, that the SCGs were back on. And so yeah. like, I was like, I'm playing magic on Saturday and Sunday. And she's like, no, you're not. You have to do this, this, and this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I just practiced for like 12 hours and like have a deck list. But yeah, okay. Sunday was pretty sneaky as well for anyone who's in a committed relationship of some kind. That's true. That's, that's true too. That's uh, why Abe Corgan was in the final. I think that yeah. that might be really the truth is that she was like, oh man, the daggers. She <laughs> she was like, you're not playing Magic on Sunday, so you're not playing at all. It was the real truth. Sure. I think that's fair. You know? It probably is. It probably is. Yeah. Dude, Quentin, Quentin Pierce, to be fair, I already skipped the smallest PTQ in Utah history that Quentin Pierce won at Oasis Games because it was on Valentine's Day. So have, I feel play. like I lost that finals. You lost to Quinn in the finals of that PTQ. I'm I'm pretty sure if it wasn't to uh, Danny in the round before that. No, no, no. This was this was a PTQ. Yeah. No, I, I'm pretty sure I played a PTQ. Mm, I, I I'm mixing up my years. You perhaps. definitely are. I've definitely faced Q in the finals of something at Oasis. That's for sure. Sure. Before we get too far down the rabbit hole of old Utah PTQ war stories. Let's talk about our Discord, because there is an event on MTG Arena coming up, West. West, are you signed up? For your event on the Heasy Game Media Discord uh, for the 28th? Yeah. No, but I I'm sweating it. 
You're sweating it. Uh, uh, I mean, I'll, classic... figure way. I'll figure MTG Melee out before then. I promise. All right, all right. Yeah, Mason, are you signed up? I already know the answers to these questions, by the way. <laughs> well, it's almost like you're managing the signups. I'm looking to see what the SCG format is. I'm getting, I'm getting kind of old of standard, you know. So, uh, oh, yeah, if it's, oh, so if it's, in, a, if it's historic, you're gonna go to the SCG. I might go to the SCG. Yeah, sure. I got ropes to play in historic. It's the same thing, but, you know. There you go. Place. There you go. So yeah, we're, we're trying to play it by ear. But yeah, two hundred fifty dollars cash sponsored by. In fact, I'm in the event. I actually signed up just then. Random happenstance. You said two fifty, and suddenly I was like, "Hey, wow, what a coincidence!" <laughs> the other thing. So I'll just do this. Uh... But yeah, if you are not a member of the Discord, join the link in the show notes. Sign up for that event. Uh, MTG Arena is super cheap, so like even if you're new to Magic, it's a free event. Cash prizes, super awesome. Uh, we do have the Patreon coming. I said that swag is coming. Patreon actually launched swag, and so I actually need to get a new logo created. I've already reached out to do that. Once we get a new Need to Nerd and He's a Game Media logo, those will actually be swag will be available uh, just as part of the Patreon. So, and uh, you know, it's going to be super awesome. We're also going to move the CCMTG swag tour store to Patreon as soon as I get a chance to sit down with with Mason and give him the assets so that he can create that. But there's a ton of awesome stuff that Patreon is doing, and if you want to support your local podcasts, or you know, not your local podcasts, the ones in Tennessee, yeah, Patreon.com/slash/HeZGameMedia and Patreon.com/slash/CCMTG are two of them on this network. I can't believe Utah traded CCMTG to Tennessee. <laughs> well, they gave us my, they gave us Mike Conley, bro. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it was a trade. I gave him the, the jersey. Obviously, O'Connell's the greatest basketball player from Memphis Bears of all time. I, mean, I knew it was a bribe. Memphis yeah, Bears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so call him here. It's a, it's a yeah, they're just two twos. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't. Uh, all right. So Magic the Gathering Arena. It's so funny to think how long it's been, uh, and I, I kind of want to. Oh, go ahead, Mason. Three years. Three years. Yeah, like, I, I remember. I remember being at a GP and demoing it at GPs. Like they would have those computers set up, and you would demo it at GPs. You'd play pirates versus dinosaurs. You at would. GP, uh, GP Vegas. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. The first time that I did it, I think I was at GP Sacramento. I, I don't remember, but it was it was cool. I played against Danny Cathro, by the way. Uh, I won because that guy's a scrub. You also can't talk as much when you're playing online. Oh, he tried. <laughs> um, but but it's been three years, and I think for a lot of for a lot of people, Magic: The Gathering Arena is magic for them. Like it is the way they've experienced magic. So, bef- typically, are typically we do a couple things. We hype this up, and I'm gonna do that this week. But after I do that, I want to go into what Magic: The Gathering is and what our stories are behind it. Um, but before we do that, I just want to say that I love Magic the Gathering Arena. I was a Magic the Gathering Arena fan from day one. Like, I was like, this is the future. This is the way I want to play Magic the Gathering online. Uh, and I have faith in Wizards of the Coast. I was submitting beta bug reports. So, yeah. I, I Yeah. Bro, alpha over here. I was in the alpha. Let's go. I think, I, I mean... I, I'm pretty sure I was at least like 
<laughs> just like day one closed beta or something. I don't but... want to flex too hard. I can say it now. I I did play the pre-release alpha of MTG Arena. Boom! I had a friend who worked at the card distributor at the time, so they sent it to him, and I played it on his computer. So, so I, I had to keep shh for a time. He's gone now. All the secrets are coming. Yo, <laughs> and I, I think that the reason for me that it was so hype is Magic, Magic is at its bare bones a basic game. It is attacking, blocking, you know, and it, it's pretty simple. Uh, but it, the coolest part about Magic is how much more complex it gets. And personally, I believe that Magic the Gathering could fulfill, or Magic the Gathering Arena could fulfill so much Magic for people. Get them truly invested in this game. And the reason that Magic has had the three best years in the history of the game, bar none, it's because of Arena. Uh, it's I think that Arena is really great. Uh, it's started to finally have bugs, but we won't talk about those. But honestly, like if you are listening to this podcast and you want us to sell you a Magic the Other Arena because you've never played it, stay tuned. Because I, I believe that we will do that on this show. We will have things that we have to say that you know we think could be better. But we're also all people that have competed at, you know... Uh, I, Actually, I was gonna say I don't know if Wes has competed in a professional REL event, but but we we we're D two. There you go. That's uh, that's professional. That's professional REL. So so I think that uh, we're coming from this from a mindset of competitive Magic players. But honestly, I'm just a person that loves Magic the Gathering outside of that. You know, the number of times where somebody's like just busts out a cube at a GP, and that's what we do between every round. Uh, you know, or Autumn Burchett busts out her. Blue, what it was, Demir something at GP Vegas. Demir Battlebox. Battle there, there's that a, sounds really fun, actually. It was that sounds awesome. Tempo, baby. If you're listening, Autumn <laughs> Tempo. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I, I Magic the Gathering Arena is the best place to get started in Magic if you just want to try it. I really do believe that. Let's talk about Magic the Gathering, though. West, what is what is Magic the Gathering? Well, Magic the Gathering is the trading card game. It was the first, and by anyone's guesstimate, it'll be there the longest. And it's it's just this amazing game. Um, it has so many things going for it. The first being that history, right? Magic has been around for 26, 27 years now. And it has just hand, on hand, hand over hand gotten more, um, more popular every year that it's been out. Um, but the reason Magic is sweet is that it's really many, many games, all with a similar structure and a similar set of objectives, but that you get to pick the game pieces you're putting in, or you're uh, going to submit to someone else's choice of game pieces, or a um, broad choice of game pieces in order to, like, bring the best thing you can to the table and try and, you know, beat your friends or strangers on the internet now, which is increasingly the case. <laughs> right now, yeah. Mason, you are the host of a competitive Magic the Gathering podcast. Uh, you compete on the Star City Games tour, uh, write Magic the Gathering content. Talk to me about, like, what are the what are the different ways that you have consumed magic 
over the last, let's say, two years? Like, how how many different ways do you consume this game? Well, that's a lot. Let's see. So I listen to podcasts religiously. It's how I found constructive criticism to begin with. So there's that. I watch streams. I, I stream myself as well. Uh, so I have both of those. So I have Twitch. I have YouTube bots that I'll watch sometimes certain people. Uh, I read articles as long as writing articles. Um, a little bit less, actually, because I didn't want to parrot people too much. But I still make time for the ones that uh, do the rounds and stuff like that. So I have all of those. I play Magic Online, uh, which is a kind of a more robust system of playing magic compared to arena but uh less user friendly historically accurate yeah historically accurate and obtuse is the two words that probably best describe uh, magic online do arena obviously which you talked about as well it puts us to seven paper magic is eight uh events on that sort of thing if you want to count all the different ways i compete in those and things i've done with that from cube drafts to drafting to modern, to pioneer, historic, to legacy, to you know, vintage is the only form I haven't played in a comp real tournament before, um, and that's a little hard to do. But I'll get there one day. You I didn't, you like, didn't play on Magic Online when it was free, basically. Well, I actually I did, but I didn't play any comp real events. I actually uh, got I, it, got it. I, There's I only one a year, so it's kind of hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I played Burn through the, the event. It was, nice. uh, it was an experience. But so, uh, yeah. So, so, <laughs> so as we can see, there's this game. I mean. You haven't even mentioned how many do you own commander decks? Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I counted all the different formats as one just because there's so many. Yeah. But yeah, commander as well. I, I have a couple decks right here next to me. I was actually cleaning my collection. You can actually see it behind me here. White boxes and stuff. So I got some of those. It's a very social way to play. Uh, the sub games within it, like the land game, battle box, things of that nature, like the way you can put, use the, the game object pieces and play different games using the same pieces is really cool kind of like D and D in some way like that. Yeah, I think that I think that it's funny cuz when you look at the history of magic, right? Like when I was in elementary school, like we played magic and like, you know, I I would play, I, you know, I just would grab all the red cards I owned, smash them together, and we would go play. And then, you know, as as I got older, I stopped playing the game, came back to it, and, you know, suddenly I was like, "Oh, there's tournaments." Like, "Oh, I want to try that." got my face bashed in, learned about the metagame, stuff like that. But then there's people that are like, oh, I don't really want to do tournaments, but like, oh, there's this other way to play this game. Oh, there's more things. To the point where Magic, like West and you have indicated, has evolved into tons of different things. Arena has Brawl. Arena sometimes has Popper. Arena has Historic. Arena has Standard. You know, Magic the Gathering Online has Modern, Pioneer, standard limited I, mean, I didn't even mention draft and sealed on there you go I'm glad you got my, my face a draft and sealed on on arena like and that's the way that i play magic the most these days and cube draft cube draft oh i mean we, we could probably do this for 15 minutes but it really goes to show what magic the gathering is and has become uh so with that being said a lot of this is excluded from Magic the Gathering Arena, and I want to get that out of the way first. Uh, when we talk about... I want to talk about a high-level look, and I want each of you to talk about your overall impressions of it right now. And then also, what were your first impressions when you started? Uh, and we'll start with you, Mason. Yeah, my, my first impression was that uh, it was going to be a game-changer. You know, when I came into Magic, um, it was probably, I'm going to say about two years before Arena really came out. So I have a little bit of like the Moto days. And one of the things I would always uh, be talked about and people would tell me about the old days 
is like just how slow information was it's spreading and just how bad the average player was including like themselves when talking because there's just less games played so information just wasn't we didn't find the truth as quickly because we didn't have as many games being played because you need to have someone you need to have higher level games to figure stuff out and then share the information etc cetera, etc cetera. and magic online did that and magic arena offered was a way to do that more quickly efficiently and was less obtuse for the average person and so it will bring in more people and more people will get better quicker and the people who are already playing and like it but don't like how clunky and how plugged in they have to feel when playing magic online can then play arena and I, I saw it right away. You know, I, I saw people getting way better at playing Magic against me and playing Standard. Where before in Week One events, I would play a bunch of Moto, uh, Magic Online, as it's called in full name, and I would have these experiences already. Now I have these play patterns I'm used to uh, because I played them. Opponents had it, you know, like it was ahead of ahead of week of time online, and that would be a huge edge. And then I would go to these events and I play in Arena instead because Arena is much easier. But my opponents were not missing things. And they understood interactions and did things way better and had better decks because Arena gave them access to play more. And so it completely changed the game of the competitive landscape. And just the average bar of player all went up at least one notch. It was a huge game changer. I think it was more than one. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just saying like the minimum. The minimum yeah. of like everyone across the board who plays just goes up just because they get more experiences. So yeah. it, it's at least that. Which is I mean, a crazy I, thing I've always found it to be startling how much more people understand just the structure of the game after their first few games of playing online. Um, the phases, the order in which everything happens, like seeing it happen in like the rigid structure of a so game as opposed to the shortcuts that a lot of people take always makes it far clearer just how things are working which is I, awesome I, I think that also mm -hmm. like magic uh i mean this is outside of arena but i think magic for a long time and this is something that i don't know the way that that mason had to deal with as much uh when he started probably a little bit from like you know the jerk players but they're they're when i started playing like the best the the best players were like these these like sharks like they were trying to get you and you know something that both magic online and arena do is they 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 inform you to the point where like there's no value in that like there's 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 no value in just trying to shark people out of games it's it's more about you know just playing your best magic and trying to win yeah also a lot of like arena does a really good job of filtering that right like yeah. Where it's very rare that someone who's just starting the game is going to play against someone who has been playing for years and years and years. Um, it happens just because of the quantity of games that occur, but at a far reduced rate than going to your local game store and playing a tournament uh, with a deck that just doesn't even come close to the level of that, which may or be the case of my first tournament, which Spencer was like, nah, that deck's not going to work. Here, have this. <laughs> well, um, I, I give you Volokit. Yeah, yeah, like right as it uh, you you had it. To built. be fair, I didn't know that that was your first tournament when I handed you Primeval Titans and. Well, that's pretty good because if you had taken a look at my deck, you would have known it was my first tournament for sure. <laughs> I, you know, I think I handed out like five decks at that tournament. The the thing is, is I've always been the kind of person in Magic the Gathering that's like a you know the the Rising Tides type of person, like. I just want everybody to have a good time. Like, you're going to have way more fun casting Primeval Titan and figuring out that deck than you are, you know, playing, you know, a bunch of seven mana Akrons that will never hit the battlefield, right? I mean, I learned a lot in that tournament, for sure. 
And uh, that's so funny that that's your first turn. I actually did not know that until this moment. We've talked about this before. Yeah, well, I didn't remember. <laughs> this means you didn't know. <laughs> uh, West uh, or Mason, did you did you do both of those questions? Or you you? No, I only covered the first part, and then uh, now my my experience with it um, three years later, heavily invested. I, I will say I, uh, I I had a there was a joke on the a, a podcast a long time ago that I, I said. Uh, because one of the complaints people have about Arena, which I'm sure we're talking about, is you have to get the cards. And I said, well, once you have all the cards, that's not a problem. And after having have all the cards, I've since just free-to-played it for the most part, uh, the entire way. And I'm like, I mean, almost since the start of quarantine, I think I bought the Ikoria pre-release, but that was the last one. So I'm almost one year on free-to-play on Arena. And I have like, you know, 20,000 plus gems, lots of gold. I have all the cards, all the decks. I'm able to play all the tournament things. So it, once you're in it, I would say... Uh, it's good and efficient and better for testing, I think, than Moto uh, in a couple ways between the ladder and the efficiency of games played. Dude, so my, well, my, my main thing would just be it's really good. It has a couple flaws, uh, but I wanna, not world stuff. I want to touch on two things you just said. Sure. One, I want to talk about... So why do Constructed Clash with my, with my buddy Matt Kling every week right now? Mm -hmm. Something we brought back. Um, and the effect that we're doing it on arena and there's direct challenge on arena and like we, it is so much better than our, we did videos in paper for years with this overhead camera set up. Like it is so amazing. And then the, the, the second thing that I want to cover is, is what you said, because well, actually, we'll, I'll, I'll get to that point when we get to to Lovitz and Could Be Betters. Sure. West, what was your first impression? What's your overall impression? Finding a person to play a game of Magic with that isn't in the same room as me is free? That's the first impression I had of Arena. But like, you don't get and, Obi on your lap. Ah, uh, well, yes, I know. Um, but that photo will live on forever. So I'm not too, shit, too uh, upset about it. Sure. But, like, I think that, like... I, I I forget this sometimes because my preferred way to play Magic is draft, and so like playing games does have a cost to it technically. Um, if I win enough, it doesn't. But uh, the fact that anyone, no matter their level at the game, their um, the quantity of cards they own on Arena, can just say, "I'm going to play a game." and I will hopefully get matched up against someone in a similar territory as me anytime all day long is just incredible because when I was coming up on magic, the hardest part was finding people to play with. Right. Like I, when I was a teenager, I really had like, when I was like first like buying cards and like getting to know, like I, I just had my friends and if they played, they, we, I maybe could convince them to play. Maybe they wanted to do something else. Right. As I got into high school, I started finding more people who I could play with, but like it would, had to be when we were together playing. And as time goes on, like my way of playing started becoming going to tournaments, which uh, hopefully, again, if I won enough, I didn't have to really pay for. But there was still that that cost to entry and that definitive boundary around when games can happen. And Arena has truly, and Magic the Gathering Online also doesn't really have games that are free and easy to play for the most part. And so Arena has just broken that wide open. And that's been a huge part of my 
first impressions of it. Um, that was a huge part of it. Just getting to play as much magic as I wanted was truly a satisfying experience that like I had in Hearthstone for a while, but finally I could do it with magic, which was really fun. And then as time has gone on, Arena has just really grown into this, everything that it was promised to be, right? Like, and I think that was a big part of it is it took a while for a lot of the features that were promised in Magic the Gathering Arena to come online, to get draft, to get draft with other people, to have more than one format to play, to have cards start to show up on Arena from older days in Magic. All of these things that like, you know, weren't there at first because they had to build this system out. And that's the kind of the crazy thing about Arena is Arena is a new game using a very old game system with a huge variety of existing game pieces and more coming out all the time. And I think that it's very easy to like lose track of how that's going. I also don't think people realize that like and we'll get into this probably in the could be betters, but I don't think people realize how big a magic set is compared to like a Hearthstone set. Mm -hmm. Like, holy crap, there's a lot of cards. Yeah, yeah. Hearthstone's trying to fix that problem right now by like changing the way they do it, <laughs> and like their sets are smaller. Like it's a problem for them. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're really big. <laughs> but Arena's just been—it's been a really fantastic thing to have access to the whole time of it. That's really what's been great. Is it's just made Magic so much smoother of an experience than it ever was before. Yeah. So for me, my my first impression was this, th like Mason was, this is the future. Like, there's no, there's no world. I still believe this. There is no world in which Magic Online survives. Like, Magic Online will die. It's going to happen. Uh, and that was my first impression. And that's not a dagger to Magic Online. I hate Magic Online, for the most part. Like, the things that I love about Magic Online are just the ability to play Popper. Or the ability to play Modern from my house. That that's it, right? Like, but yeah, it's the formats you like, yeah, not the platform you're doing it. Yeah, it's 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 not Magic Online that I love. It's Popper and Modern. Um, and I think a great example of this is, for what it's worth, is you know, I'll, I'll kind of skip around a little bit for my over impressions, but like, I am a new Android user. I just got my first Android phone in November, the Pixel Five. Uh, and I draft on my phone an inappropriate amount right now on Match the Gathering Arena. Like, yeah. talk about that. Yeah, that bit of the experience that's yeah, coming up. Yeah. So I understand that there are people that do not have the literal newest Android you can buy, and they're having some problems. But I have literally never had a bug or anything go wrong on my phone. And in draft, like, it has been the only problem so far on my phone, which, by the way, I don't think is much better on my computer, is sealed. Deck building is so atrocious, I could vomit. Not good. But, but like, I have always been, like, a limited lover. Like, my favorite format is, it, like, my favorite actual format, it's like, you could say, Spencer, you can do anything you want, I would say, I would like to play sealed of X, Y, or Z format. Preferably... Uh, one of the newer core sets. Like, from... Like... I don't know. I just love core set limited a lot. Like, the joke is is often misused, but that's truly as Richard Garfield intended. I, I love core set limited. And 
I, it's just it's just magic in its purest I, distilled I, essence. I love trying it to... so much. Yeah, and I I think that the thing is is that arena. I, I get people love Magic Online. They love pod play. They love whatever. And it's so funny because, like, when Magic the Gathering Online introduced cross-pod play, people freaked out. They're like, this is going to ruin the game. It didn't. The The truth is is that the, the basic game of Magic is so good that when I said at the beginning of the show, right, that this, this basics that Arena offers, it's so good that I literally cannot stop drafting on my phone. <laughs> um, and I think that, I think that, you know, my overall impression of arena is it is the future. I believe we'll get to the point where we can do a lot of amazing things. I, there's so much money in them printing the power nine in arena that I just don't believe that we won't get to that point. Like eventually one day they're going to need something. I mean, Mason, they're you, already programmed on uh, arena. Uh, that's, that's true. Mason, when is the next historic anthology dropping? Uh, it's funny we mentioned that earlier today on my stream. Uh, we believe it is in a month from now because it is before Strixhaven, which is in April. Yeah. And it so we don't know, but it's there. And then actually, they're adding Pioneer, another new old. They're adding Pioneer. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Pioneer's coming in May. Oh, that's right, because they said that they would do. They yeah, would between, do. Yeah, between the two next steps after Strixhaven, Innistrad, there's Pioneer coming. So the theory is May, but is there's no adding, confirmed date. I mean, obviously, this is uh, everything here is in too vague of space. But historic was always just like mini pioneer. Are they keeping no, the two things distinct? No, because there's cards in pioneer that are in historic that are not in pioneer. True. Yeah, hey, I, I I am of the belief that the goal of historic is eventually to become a legacy without the reserve list. That is my uh, belief as well. Yeah, and so. Under that opinion, right now it just looks to be that way. Uh, but with everything they add, like Jumpstart, which is a sick yeah. way to play Magic that we totally didn't mention, it's probably one of the, the best ways I've ever actually played Magic. Um, that I need to get my hands on those cards so bad. They're so it's good. That's perfect for teaching the game. Uh, maybe you can find some there. Uh, our local Target has a bunch. I saw it with my brothers the other day. Um, but yeah, uh, all as they add those cards, it becomes further and further. You know, it's yeah. further God every day. So yeah. it's going to be crazy pioneer. When the pioneer power level hits historic, it's going to be absurd. Yeah, I think that we'll see. Historic will constantly become. I mean, pioneer is already pretty. I mean, for a while it was more powerful than modern. If we're being honest, outside of force yeah. of negation. Yeah, attacking <laughs> with five fives on turn two. That's everything I've ever done in in pioneer. I love my artifacts. I'm pretty sure that, that you died way before that in, in Pioneer last, you know, before these bands, but <laughs> it was for the most recent bands. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. These bands are pretty important. <laughs> but, but what I was going to say is like, uh, I, I think that my, my first impression was this is going to kill magic online. And I think that we're seeing a progression that lets people continue to play magic the way that they want to play it. And that is go always going to be their goal. And, you know, hopefully we get to a point where, you know, th things are the eco economy wise are really good for arena. Uh, and they add, they add features that make a lot of sense. Personally, my, my hope is that they add tons of things. Like they already have hinted at this. They've done it. Like I would love draft codes and booster packs. I would love booster pack codes and booster packs. Like I want buying my paper cards to be reflected in my arena account in a real way. And yeah. I think that with the sales of Arena, uh, 
I think that as as it becomes more lucrative to be arena focused, you'll see that type of stuff, and I'm I'm really excited about. It. So let's go into our next segment, which is Lovitz. Lovitz, for this segment, is for those who are first-time listeners, the segment gives us a chance to just talk about the things that we love about what we're reviewing. Um, and I think that a lot of us will have similar ones because we kind of come from a similar place in Magic the Gathering. But I wanted to go first. Uh, my biggest Lovitz for Arena are speed of play. Um, I love the fact that I can do a draft and in, in play seven games in under two hours. I mean, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that in three matches, <laughs> in you know before, and even even in the best of three queues, it still is so much faster. That's probably my biggest love. It. Uh, my second is just the ability to play Magic for free. Uh, you know, Mason talked about once you get into it, and I always tell people like, if you just put a hundred dollars in the into Arena, you have a deck. If you put $600 in, you have standard. And once you have standard, you have arena. Like, you're done. Like, that's it. I mean, you buy an Xbox. And let me tell you, I've spent way more time on arena than I have on my Xbox One. And I got my Xbox One way before I got arena. And I think that's a huge lever for me. I know that people, you know, they don't like that you can't craft the way in Hearthstone. They love that you can't trade the way you can in Pokemon or MTGO. But the truth is, is like, it's also way cheaper. And I know there's a curve for this, but in my opinion, I, I think this game, I think this game is way cheaper and I get way more entertainment out of it than I ever expected. And I think that's a huge love it for me. And then my last love it is the formats. I actually um, have always been limited, standard, and then some other format kind of guy. The thing that is closest to extended you can get your hands on. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Call me out like that. Yeah. Mason doesn't even know extended. He's never lived that life. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I played one extended tournament. My win I took my deck and put lightning bolt. My win percentage in extended is like over 80%. It's actually a It would never go down because it's a dead format. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the best extended players in the world. Yeah. Uh Statistically speaking, that's just factually true. Uh, but I I love Arena for what it is, and I think that the formats it offers are great. Uh, I do have one could be better on its formats, and we'll, and we'll get to that. But those those are my love. It's what about you, Mason? Uh, I think what Wes said before about um, anywhere in the world, you can I'm like well, I guess the way you said it was, you can be here and play with anyone in the world. You can just get the game from your own home. I, I think that's huge. I, I've had friends who I don't, there's just realistically no way I would meet them without magic. And that's even more so thanks to arena. Uh, I think of people like Ash Lizzle, who there's just zero chance I'm going to meet this girl from Norway. If I like, you know, it's just not going to happen. It's just, there's no way we become friends. Like do that. Where were you Spencer? Right. Like, but, but like without arena, like you and I could maybe have met in a tournament, right? Like that sort of thing. Could, we met without arena. So I don't know if that's a fair statement, but you know, I, I, I thought like, we were just talking about Magic the Gathering, and I just wanted oh, yeah, to mention yeah. all your I mean, Utah friends. But Arena brings in so many people that wouldn't play Magic. We're no, that's true. Games, that's true. And, and that sort of thing, and I, that's one of the goods to me, and love it. And um, I I think it's important to remember how crucial Arena has been for a lot of people during co quarantine. Um, we went. We put a lot of eggs in the arena basket, and whether they pay off ultimately or not in the long run, in the short term, it's been great thanks to COVID. It's the 
really the reason Magic's still alive. I mean, formats that only live on Arena, I'm sorry, that only live on Magic Online are not doing super well outside of Modern. So we see that reflect, and so I'm glad to have that. And then the, the last little bit thing is it really does make the act of playing standard simpler. Um, I have a couple things that could be better that I don't really like that I'm going to mention. Yeah. But uh, it's important, I think, to note that I'm glossing over a lot of things. I'm kind of giving big picture statements of these things that I like. There are a lot of small things that I like. I will say this. Don't like the way they give out sleeves and they say they're exclusive and they put them in the store later. And then ahead of time. Boom. I see them. Wes, what are your love First, Magic the Gathering with a tutorial system that works. Magic is known to be a game that is hard to learn. Actively hard to learn. Has a steep learning curve and Arena offloads so much of that in a way that no other major magic venue could like it's way easier for uh, bro, I, I played seventh edition the de- the demo that you put on your computer okay, okay. Was... I, I like that one too it's part yeah. of the way i learned magic as well but beyond that for somewhere it's, but like that's the thing is arena starts at the floor you can access the game as having never played a game outside of it and from there you can work your way to the top of the game and you can have a very clear idea of where you're at that whole time, I think is really cool. Um, like, I, I think that having a tutorial is just amazing. And like magic, like I think really needs that sort of thing. And like, this is a, a paper trading card games have this problem across the board. Like think of how many people played Pokemon cards or like had Pokemon cards growing up and did not know oh, anything about playing the game. Have you played the the Pokemon online client? Can I ask? I have. I have. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not done a tutorial, but I also had a video when I was a kid that like literally just taught you how to play Pokemon in a 45 minute VHS. And that was incredible. That's great. Yeah. There was a DVD for you. Yeah. I remember that. I mean, yeah. also, also their best, their best tutorial was just the Game Boy color cartridge. So, <sighs> Mace is gonna pull game. it out. Mace is uh, gonna pull it out. Next to him, yeah, <laughs> baby. It's it's the best TCG game ever made. Like it, we should so review it. It's so good. I'd happily review it. We should. Um, but that's my first favorite. Is just that it's easy to learn magic with tutorial. With uh, easy to learn magic with arena. My second favorite is I do also really enjoy the way that the card acquisition system works in this game. I think that uh, there are no perfect ways to make a card acquisition system because what a what a consumer wants perfectly is to not pay money to get cards, and that's just not how that works. Um, and Magic has always been a system where people who are good, like really good, have an easy time getting cards, and the less you win, the harder, the more you have to pay money to get your good stuff because um, oftentimes playing in tournaments is how people would acquire t- cards when getting sealed product or store credit uh payouts um for how well they do and arena continues that tradition but has some awesome things going for it people complain constantly about wild cards but they're so nice just saying i want this card i have this card now and it costed me this this resource that to be fair the people who complain about that do play hearthstone where they can just craft that card yeah but that's the thing is it's destructive yeah. That Hearthstone system, right? That magic is always additive, and I, I agreed with it from the get-go. 
obviously if you're used to another system and trying out a new one makes it hard but the part where once you own a card on arena you will have it forever and arena being a three-year-old game that i expect to be playing and when it hits 10 years still like is going to be really good right there are definitely cards that like i had at one point in hearthstone that oh, if i were to discover i needed now Dude, I Dude, not only that, but have just, them anymore. Just think about the number of times where a common became relevant in modern or legacy or pioneer that like if you had just destroyed because like I'll never need this. And yeah. then you're like, oh, crap. Now I have to go craft, you know, four of this stuff. Mason's like, well, it doesn't really matter because I have 7000 common yeah. wild cards. But that wouldn't, be the, that wouldn't be the case if you were dusting them. Well, we'll get to that when we get to that. Okay. I might disagree with this positive that other people have. Okay. Well, for me, it's worked really well. And also, I think that Arena, at in its purest form, like the way that you best acquire cards on Arena is the way I best like to play Magic, which is by drafting. And for me, I've never had a problem acquiring cards in Arena at any point as long as I've been able to draft because my my appetite for drafting far exceeds my appetite for Constructed. Sure. Mm-hmm. Let's let I have one more love it and then I, I think we can move on to good could be betters. Because I didn't mention something because I think we all play magic in different ways on Arena, which I want to highlight. It's part of my love part of the overall of it's here. I don't play ladder very often. I think I'm either gold or platinum right now. I'm almost always platinum at the end of the season. Sometimes I'll find a deck that Matt Kling says is great, that's aggressive, and I'll make Mythic. And you know, or I'm almost always platinum or diamond. Like just, I just, and the reason for that is because I play events. Like I'm a very structured person. Um, it probably has something to do with my anxiety, but like, I love saying, okay, I'm going to try this deck out. I'm going to play this event, see how it does. And because of that, like I win a lot of gold <laughs> on magic gathering between draft uh, and gems uh, from gems from draft, uh, gold from events you know mason plays a lot more arena than i do and he just naturally wins gold from his daily quests just every week like i there's probably never is there days where you don't play arena mason um kind of depends i would say on average no um maybe a day will go by or something like that where like i have to do the podcast and then i want to play valorant or something like that because magic is much more of a a thing that takes more attention from me than probably yeah. the average person, but uh, or yeah. more other stuff. But yeah. No, I, I get that. Well, I that when the email goes around at the end of the month, where it's like the, your numbers, whatever, I'm always in the 99th percentile. Or like, you know, yeah. like I'm always like, you got more gold and more games than almost yeah. everybody on the website. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that sort of thing. So. And and West, I mean, what you're saying, I mean, I what you we see in my Discord, in our Discord, is you're just it's dra- a draft machine. It's a draft machine for you. And I think that that is a love it that I think all of us can share. Like all of us get to play magic the way that we want to play magic right now. And that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, I have some could be betters. I'll, I'll jump off first. Uh, my number one could be better for arena. And this is actually just a software could be better. And I really, really hate this in software. Where you more of a stance on it than what? software. You can take more of a hard stance on it than a software stance on it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take a anti-capitalist approach actually. <laughs> I love capitalism. <laughs> well, then you're gonna hate this comment. Uh, <laughs> so here's the thing, I hate hearing why would we do that if it doesn't make the company money. 
because I believe that consumer happiness makes your company money in the long run. And I do not understand why Popper is not on Arena, other than the fact that they don't... They believe that they have this contingent of players who are playing... Who playing are playing Arena still. Playing money arena for Arena. And not playing... That's not true! They're just playing Popper against each other in direct challenge. Also, they have... Like, how many years of Moto data saying that Popper is a great way for people to get in and then they inevitably move on to better things? It's just, it's crazy to me. Is my biggest could be better. I, I believe that Popper on Arena, Arena Popper would be one of the most popular formats. One, it would get me to freaking use my common wildcards so they're just sitting there. Like, wow. just like, it's, it's so insane to me. I have no reason to use these things that are sitting there. So I'm less engaged in your system. It is my biggest, could like it. It is mind blowing to me. Also, make a freaking peasant version of Brawl or Commander, where you pick an uncommon. It's your commander, and then make a sixty card common deck. Like there are so many freaking avenues. Anyway, that's my biggest could be better. It blows my mind that it hasn't happened because it would engage a whole segment of people on another platform that are giving up on magic because you don't support them. Wes, do you want to go before me? Cause mine's going to be a big thing. We're sure. Um, I think that one of Spencer, I think part of the reason why you like playing your events so much is that when you're playing on ladder, it's really hard to process how well you're doing other than your pure growth on ladder. And like, I think arena could use a way for me to see like, you know, even just like my last 10 games played. Right, like League of Legends has in its client, right? You don't get to see all your games ever. You do get to see your overall stats, right? But you can easily see what happened in your last 10 games. And Arena really needs a way to, like... The fact that we have to use a third-party app to track our win-loss our win rates in Arena is honestly kind of sad at this point. Um, because it's clearly a thing that people are using, so add it as a feature, totally. Um, uh, the... Also, it doesn't work for events, so I don't use it. Yeah, Spencer, as you um, were saying, uh, the sealed uh, platform could definitely be better. Um, and it's because it, it's actually that one of the good design choices Arena makes, which is making cards in their entirety very clear to players when they need them to be, is not something that they then remember that like, oh, most people who play our game know cards by literally just the top of the card, the name and mana cost. That's all they need to know what cards are. And that the fact that I can't look at my sealed pool in the same way, like where it's just all the colors just stacked up on top of each other, and then also have my deck as I'm building it, is just like, it's a problem because like that's how I would look at my cards if I was in like paper, basically. Like, And they wanted it to feel that paper experience, but then they make it so spread out where I can't seal my cards at once, which is a huge issue. Um, and then it's my just final... Hard to build, it's just hard to build a seal deck like that. Like, you just have so many cards. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't... Yeah, it's not a problem in draft, and it makes sense in constructed. Like, it's that specifically sealed needs a different system. Yeah. Um, and my last could be better for Arena is I... It is like a... It's a me could be better, which is that when magic is really easy to do, Sometimes my brain turns off while doing it. And so, like, the longer I've been disconnected from actually having to think about how I'm moving my pieces around, like, the more, like, 
when I play 10 games in a row, the more like by the end of that, my brain is just like, I have this, am I in this experience? I, I have, don't know. I have this problem in limited quite a bit where like, I don't know that it's, it could be better for arena. I do think that it's, yeah, that's like an always improving moment, buddy. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, that's a complaint like a for not paper. That's a, that's a not paper complaint. I'll take, I'll, I'll put it that way. Arena. It's enjoyable. <laughs> I, I do have, I do have one more could be better before we go into Mason's, uh, before we, Mason pops off. Um, and and by the way, I didn't say this at the beginning, but like our ideas of could be better for this segment is just things that we think could improve more than hating on something. Like, I think we all love Arena. I think like we wouldn't put as much time into it that we do if we didn't love it. But I do think that like it's hard to love something as much as you when you know it could be better. You know that there are things that could improve. And, you know, while I wanted to talk about Popper, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is just the frustration on a couple of features that have been there for a long time. You know, you get, you've, you've, I, I don't like hearing, oh man, I don't know if I should say this on the podcast. I don't like hearing that when I submit feedback for the auto tapper, that it gets put into a folder that never gets touched because they're not touching the auto tapper. If that's the thing that you have the most feedback on, because nobody likes the way that it works in X, Y, or Z, fix X, Y, or Z, and you're done. Like, as a person that makes software for a living, that really bugs me. Like, there is a real problem with your auto-tapper. Like, it, it does not, like, it, it, it does not auto-tap, the fact that I have to take mental bandwidth away from the game to do this thing that you are telling me you're going to do for me, that's a problem. So that's yeah, my physical auto tapper is way better than, and like, you know, like just like saying I'm going to turn my land sideways without thinking about it is often better than. Oh yeah, how I could plays I could sometimes. pick ten lands at random and pick better than you. Um, and I I and my 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 complaint is not with the auto tapper itself; it's the, with the way that they deal with feedback for arena. Because, for me. Um, I think that the majority of people have problems with different things in arena. Like I, I, I think that the hand smoother is something that sometimes gets a lot of feedback depending on how things are working. And to be, to their credit, they fixed the hand smoother when it got, you know, so much feedback that it's like, this is not working. There's something wrong. They finally looked at the code and they're like, Oh, wow. Well, your deck is not shuffled the way it's supposed to be. We're really sorry. The, I think the same thing needs to be true across the board. Like, if you're getting this much feedback on something, I really wish that the developers would would pay attention to it. Anyway, that was my that was my last could be better, Mason. Awesome. So, uh, the wild card system is the worst system for crafting cards or using cards in a digital card game ever. And that's from someone that's played almost all of them. Uh, I have used the Pokemon TCG. I have not played it, but the Pokemon TCG gives codes and packs. Time out. That's the best one, so that's not a fair comparison. Well, I'm not saying it's the one. The it's one the best one by, like, a substantial margin. So I have experience with it, so that's all I'm saying. Yeah. But here's the problem. The wild card and uh, Mythic Rare wild card system is uh, impenetrable and unforgiving. So while... Things like Hearthstone, you do come at a net loss when you disenchant a rare. Um, you're locked in, which is the main problem. Uh, th this is kind of a multi-part thing I'm going to break down here. But when you 
get a card, you cannot get rid of the card. And if it turns out you don't like the card, you're down that thing. Which wouldn't be a huge problem unless you do the math on wild cards. And a rare wild card comes out to be about 350 American and then 1750 for a mythic rare. So if you craft four of a mythic rare wild card for your deck, it's $64, which is the same price as a triple A video game. So uh, when it comes down to like the average, you know, like this is how much you're going to spend to get one of these things. Like if I'm just straight buying packs, that's just your buying efficient rate. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the best, because you get, uh, if you haven't played Arena or anything about this, every six packs you get, they give you a rare wild card. And every five of those, you get a mythic. Um, and, and then they show up sometimes in packs. I feel like, yeah, I feel like this is a little disingenuous because you're not including the cards that you opened or the. No, that was. Uh, that's a, I can link you this whole thing where someone did it all on. So oh, but please that's the do. App. Can I put it in the show notes? Yeah, I'll find it. Um, yeah, and whoever you. did this did not account for my drafting habits, which is why well, this is no, not an yeah, issue for me, but totally. So that, this is part of the problem, is that Arena is kind of designed in a way where the thought is that you'll play a bunch of limited, and then if you played limited, then that will give time for constructed, and you'll actually, you'll, in theory, you wouldn't get as bored of the game, right? Because you play limited for a while, and you're like, oh, I can finally play constructed. So you go... You play constructed, and then you're like, "Oh, sweet! Now I can go play historic once I get kind of bored of standard." And then you know you got a couple of weeks, you got your new format, right? This is literally but how I play arena, by the way. The way he just yeah. described arena, yeah, same. It's, the whole it goes time. limited, standard, historic, limited hits like every time. It's, it's, it's like that, it's except for me, it's limited. <laughs> yeah. So, but if you if you want to do one format the whole time, you can. The part of where the problem comes though is that if you're a constructed player. Right, and you want to play a tournament for the weekend, you need to get the deck immediately, which means you need to buy packs to get uh, wild cards, right? And so you, you kind of have to skip the drafting thing. Even if you really like drafting, right, you're like, well, I have to play this PTQ. I'm queued for the Pro Tour, and they don't give me a full account, so I, I need to buy these cards. And so you have to get the cards. And the getting the cards part is really, really bad. Um, and it's really unforgiving. And then to add on top of this, uh, unforgivably, different versions of the cards save to your Arena account as well, and they don't count towards a complete set. So an example is, uh, if you haven't played my Magic, sometimes they'll reprint a card. They'll, they'll put the card from the old set back in. So Woe Strider was a card that was in uh, a standard set, but then also in a thing called Jumpstart. And they didn't make it so you got any money back. And they've done that again since then, where they've reprinted the Temple. So they're in Theros, and they're also in the newest core set. This and I have multiple copies of the same thing and i won't open those temples until i've gotten everything else in the set but that just means eventually i have to open these because normally once you have a full set they start giving you gems the, instead of you either get a, a wild card or gems depending on the card you would have opened which this, is which is a great system but yeah it this, falls apart. i do think that this is a huge could be better and the other yeah. the reason that i want to highlight it is um is how magic information is shared to, to add on to Mason's could be better because I actually agree with this piece of the problem with the wildcard system. I sent a deck list to a friend and they said, I cannot play this deck. And I was like, why? They're like, how do I craft to fairy? And I was like, Oh, I was an alpha person. You can't have those to fairies. Like that, yeah, it's the pro that, that to fairy does not exist for you. I am one of, you know, a couple thousand people that have this to fairy and you know, that is a huge, I mean, cool for me that I have this awesome thing, but also it means that I hope I now have both four promo to fairies and four regular to fairy and four, uh, you know, uh, whatever here of Dominaria is in. Yeah. Yeah. From Dominaria. Yeah. 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 
yeah so th that that is that is the the biggest problem is the system uh doesn't really allow you to get into it very easily unless you're willing to spend a lot of money I, and, and I do think a hundred dollars, like I like I was mentioning a hundred dollars, like it was nothing. But I think for a lot of people, it is. That's why I want Popper, right? Is like, mm -hmm. then I can spend, you know, whatever twenty bucks, and you know, hopefully have enough to build a deck, play some Popper with whatever I have. I, I agree. I think there needs to be a lower entry point for. Magic. I, I, I don't think that that's the only like. It's specifically this system does not meet your needs and the needs of those who play magic in the same way as you, which is the people who want to switch decks. That's every week. That totally fits Mason's Mason's way of playing magic, right? He he yeah. doesn't play paid paid a dollar for magic in not three much. in three years at least. Well, now that's the case. I agree, um, but like specifically, it's about like if the if your goal is to sit on a deck and like play a deck for its entire time in standard, right? Magic just doesn't work that way anymore is the problem, right? Like, and right, the way, it's, like, it depends on the deck you pick. <laughs> yes. I mean, if yeah, you, you pick right, sure. The, the, and yeah, the, let me so. tell you about Sultai ultimatum. Wes. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the stakes are also different, right? Like, yeah. and the, like when you just bought your deck for your standard and you played it at your once a week, you know, F and M every week for that entire format, like you, you a wouldn't notice very quickly if your deck was bad. Yeah. I, I, and I, I have a, I have a question about this when you're done and you wouldn't get sick of it terribly fast either. Right. Um, now in arena where I can play a hundred games in a week and that's like a, a low number of games for like how many games you could play in a week. Um, with my deck, like, and I can truly get sick of it and really have the information to know if it was a good purchase or not. And I, as I'm, you know, and the more I win, maybe the more I'm up against the decks where I really actually can't beat them and I really have to switch off. Um, and that's a challenge as well, right? And Arena definitely does not let you have that same, like, fluid mobility of switching decks week in, week out that people who play Paper really got used to, people who play on Magic Online really got used to. Or people who just have access to a lot of cards get used to, right? Arena definitely well, doesn't. We'll play Hearthstone. That. If, if you played Hearthstone, you could spend. You know, I I used to play Hearthstone a lot, a lot, and I would spend about a hundred to hundred twenty dollars every time a set dropped. I would have almost all the things I was playing it. Uh, basically, but I, I do that on Arena right now, and I have everything, Mason. Yeah, but what, what I'm saying is though is that we're having to spend a large sum of money. I think a hundred and twenty dollars, which I think is a fair estimate to have two to three. Tier one decks, assuming you have the mana base. Uh, once once mana is taken care of, I think that's good enough to have two or three decks. Uh, and especially now with standard, with a lot of the decks, there's some monocolor decks which really help the problem. Here's the thing, though. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You like look back at like you know Jace Viren Prodigy standard, where it's like every standard deck is like six hundred bucks. Like it was yeah. a problem for them. They were like, we can't actually keep standard players. Like there's. If if their deck isn't good, they just can't play Magic anymore. And, and it is much cheaper than Paper Magic. I'm I, not going to say it's not. I'm but yeah. But you can have something that's better than something. But it's not like oh wow, I'm like I'm sleeping. Oh, yeah. and like, I I understand you could do better. I, I think <laughs> I think we need to move on, Wes. And I think that we could talk about like the economy of Magic Magic the Gathering Arena for a long time. So I hope you don't feel like I'm cutting you off. But I just no. Uh, I want us to rate this, and um, I want you. I mean, I've played Hearthstone. I I played Duel Links for a small bit. 
I played. What's the one Mason that you had me play with, like the spiders and the Runeterra. Runeterra, thank you. I've played Legends of Runeterra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've played, I've played them all. Uh, if there was available for my phone, I or my tablet, I probably played it. And I want you guys to draw on that. And I want you to rate this version of an online TCG. I'm gonna go first. And uh, I'm I'm gonna say something. And the reason I'm going first is because I want to say something. I believe that Magic: The Gathering is the best game ever made. Yeah, Magic is an easy five zero. We're not ranking Ma- Magic. Magic: The Gathering is a five. You, if you have never played Magic: The Gathering, five. But yeah. What? It's better than a five. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's one, it's one it's, of the great games like chess. It it like is that. the best wow. game ever made. Like, Especially like eight of the best games ever made. Yeah, exactly. And so when we're rating this, I don't want you to feel like we're rating Magic. Because we're not. We're, we are rating what Magic the Gathering Arena could be versus what it is. And for me, I would give it a four. I think that not having Popper is actually a huge deal because I believe that it introduces... It lets a whole section of the world into your game that could not enter it. And I think that it is irresponsible and disgusting. Like, I actually think it's disgusting that Bobber's not on Arena. I think I think it's wrong. And I think I, I think that Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro should be ashamed. Um I also think that there's a lot of there's a lot of problems right now with Arena. Um, when, when Arena started, there were, after the beta, there were very few bugs for, I think, almost like a year and a half. There was almost no bugs for a long time. Like, it was crazy. Um, and that is not the case anymore. Like, I, I've had multiple times where I'm like, why, why did this work this way? And people are like, oh, you didn't know that was bugged? And I'm like, no? Uh, That's a complexity spiraling challenge i i I agree i agree with that but but i do think that the amount of money that is very clear that hasbro is making from arena i don't believe in bug free software by the way i believe the bugs exist but i believe that you prioritize bugs above user stories so when i see them create a new feature above fixing a bug it upsets me Unless the bug does not impact users. So so for me, it's a four. And it is a four from a person that literally, for the past five years of their life, makes software for a living and believes that they started out so strong. They were lean. They cared about the most important things first. Like, I, it's so funny. West mentioned how finally Draft came to Arena in the way that he wanted it. But to me, it's like, I would not prioritize that at all like no i I didn't i wasn't complaining either when it wasn't there yet yeah like pod drafting doesn't matter to me at all if i can draft a deck and play limited like i will take it and and i think that the reason it's not like a 4.5 or a 5 is there's a lot of room for arena to grow and i the the fact that we would both get we would all give magic a 5 out of 7 just tells you how good this game could be. Uh, you know, Wes, we've done a bunch of stuff on... I, I know that you think that uh, Pokemon Diamond Pearl is like the the peak of Pokemon, right? Like, it's like the... The, the engine... Fourth, what? 
fourth gen. Yeah, it's like the thing that the thing that everything should be built around. And and I think that for me, when I rate arena, it's like standard is magic. I know that people hate to hear that because you know they they are invested in this game, they want to play with their old cards, but arena made standard better. We've had more bannings, which is fine. I think that that comes with more information. But Arena has made Standard so accessible. Like, I can build a mono red deck or a mono white deck or a mono whatever deck with under 50 bucks. Like, I, I could do that. I could play games. And I, I think it's made Magic the Gathering a better game. It's a more accessible game. And uh, I am excited to see the future of it. So I, I would give it a 4 out of 5. West? Well, I mean, yeah, like if Magic the Gathering is a five, right? The 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 rating of Arena but, is no, it's a five out of seven. It, it is a um, you know, gold star and a half or whatever, right? Like just as good as it could possibly be, right? The the true rating of Arena at any point in time is like how much of Magic do I feel like I'm able to access, and it's pure in like the the way that makes the most sense. And I'm thinking of that from like a I'm going to be very patient about it since because Arena has only gotten more of what Magic has to offer as it's been out longer, right? And it's not just new Magic; it's old Magic too, and ways of playing Magic, right? At some point, Commander is going to hit Arena, right? It's just going to happen, right? And that'll be a huge thing. They better also make it possible for people to play Commander as it's designed for it, but it'll happen because it's the it's the lingua franca of Magic, right? It's actually the most common way to play it these days in paper. Um, and like where arena started, right. Closed beta arena was a one in terms of like things that the game could give me that I expected out of magic. Like it was a smooth experience and it was a sleek client, but you clearly when, weren't playing pirate mono red, which was like the I best. Was well, no, that's my point is that if all I'm doing is attacking with a five mana five, five trample haze. No, 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 no. That's not pirate mono red. You need to be playing the one mana two, two. I was playing both of those things in the same deck. Thank you very that much, sounds, That sounds bad. You should watch my deck. No, deck. Stormbreath Dragon makes everything better. Wait, what? That card's not an arena. Sorry, sorry Thundermaw Hellkite. That card's also mm -hmm. not an arena. Yeah, charging that, the, the, Char the five mana five. I five know what card you're talking about. You just said the name wrong name twice. Well, no, Mason's I, like done. Okay, Hyperbole, Spencer? Yeah. You know when we call like uh, a single blue enchantment that like taps a creature permanently and loses a bunch of life as swords to plowshares, right? Like that sort of hyperbole. I love it. You know what's funny is this podcast has never gotten this extent. <laughs> We're talking about magic and network going off. I love it. Um, But my point is that like Arena gets better and better all the time and I'm not rating it in terms of how it compares to other clients. I'm rating it on a scale of where it started to where I think it's going to go. And so I think we're about halfway there. So you think it's like a... Like, I think it's like a 3-5. Like, if it starts at a 1, and I want it to get a 5, right? It, it's split the way between... Pour, pour one out for the lowest rated thing in the history of... That's not true. I've rated a thing 3.5 before. What was it? I, I'm almost certain it was something like, uh, um, oh gosh, you're making me work, Spencer. I don't think you have. Uh, it I was think probably I, I think season I two of Korra. Season was, two of Korra. I think I rated that a three five. I don't know. There's no way I rated that a four. I don't know. We can go back and check. But <laughs> listeners, leave a comment on West's lowest rated thing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone, someone right. come do a close comb of everything we've ever done. That'd be awesome. But my point is, is that like I view Arena as Arena has like the feature I need it to have, which is the ability to draft ad nauseum. But until I feel like everyone else who I know plays Magic has everything they want in Magic on there as well, I'm not going to be satisfied. That's a that's a great point. I, I want to add something really quick because of what you just said, though, West, which is that when I rated this, I rated it across the board. And I believe that Pokemon TCG has the best online client by a substantial margin. Like, I, I would rate that like a 5 out of 10. Like, I just believe that they... A 5 out of 10 is really bad. Sorry, a 5 out of 5. I apologize. Five out of five. Wow. Yeah, it's it's, it's so bi- volatile. Uh, no, uh, but yeah, I, I think that that they have a lot of work to do to catch up to the Pokemon, especially considering like the resources that Magic the Gathering and Hasbro has. Mason, I was told you... to rate this in comparison to things like League of Runeterra, Legends of Runeterra. Sorry, Hearthstone, Shadowverse. For any weebs out there, uh, <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, all those people. Uh, Card Fight Vanguard Online, one of the highest rated players in the world in that game at its time. You know, nothing to brag about. But I've played a lot of them. And I believe that if we remove the fact that I'm playing the greatest game of all time from the client, I think it's about two and a half out of five, like a 2.5. I. The economy, I think, is really abrasive to new players. So hold uh, on. What is Moto uh, hold under on. that attitude? I didn't ask y'all to remove the fact that you're playing the greatest game of all time. You said, you said, you said. You I said know, rate it, rate it in comparison to them, but you, yeah. you're still playing the game. Yeah, I know. I'm saying that the the average, like the the stuff on it, it's like a two and a half. I think I think Hearthstone's a better program and software for that. Uh, part of that's because I can play on my phone. Um, I know you haven't had problems with that. I was going to say, I, 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 I have play on my phone right now. I, I don't have the software to meet the requirements. I don't, I don't have the hardware to meet the requirements yet. Yeah. Like, like Wes, I, I have friends who are like one gen behind you who have had a lot of problems, and it's a couple of them. And so while I do believe that that stuff does get fixed over time, we're kind of talking a now thing, I, I think if they work on stuff, they can get it really high or whatever. But uh, I, I think the entry for new players is hard and abrasive, uh, especially for people that – will want to change up a good bit. Um, I think, you know, if you're swapping colors around stuff, there's a there's a big ask to be had of you. And I think if you're dedicated to playing Magic already, that mask is actually that ask is actually really small. And why you seem to be such a, a strong defender in the past. Uh, because I'm like, well if you're gonna play Magic anyways, this is way cheaper. You should you should do this. This is this is what I say you should do. But if you're trying to get into it and that sort of thing and the way the UI and everything works, uh, I have a lot of problems with we didn't mention it, but like the different zones and stuff I don't think is intuitive. The way it works in companions is weird at times. When you're I, I building. I, I've heard and that so, complain a lot. I wish that we had talked about that. Yeah. The the cool new zones Magic has are awesome, but they are getting harder to track on Arena, even with the new update to make them different colors at times. I, I, it's weird, my, it's weird when my not hand is bigger than my hand. Like I'll, I'll put yeah. it that way, right? Um, like, that's That's all the time. What are you talking about? Well, yeah. I know. Like, if you're playing Magic well, it I, is that I, way, right? I wanna, like, right yeah, now. I want to wrap something up. We've never yeah. gotten scores of the slow on anything. And I want to wrap this up because I probably presented this segment in a weird way. There is not a world in which you should not play Magic the Gathering. Oh, you should definitely play Arena. Yeah, it's the best <laughs> game of all yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, I mean... And, and Mason is, in fact, a... Are you a national champion of Vanguard? 
Um, I got second. That's part of my trophy right here, and I missed on Worlds a bunch, but I, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm actually going to be at Card Fight Con December 28th. You know what's funny uh, is I I am a champion of Magic the Gathering. Oh, that's so funny! Wow, what a real kick W. Yeah, yeah. Omega Wall. Yeah. Uh, you're just now hearing about it, listening to this podcast or following any of Spencer's stuff. You're just now hearing that Spencer I don't is a former state champion of Utah in Magic the Gathering, then two-time state champion of Utah. Then uh, he's not been doing his uh, responsibility that he thinks he has well enough. Just to be clear, though, I don't know that I've ever mentioned that on this podcast. But tracking any of his other stuff. Sure, know. but that's... But you, do, you do know that you have to say this podcast. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 obviously. As long as I'm ahead of of Michael Hinderocker as more state championships. Who's literally not allowed to play in tournaments right now. Also, also he conceded in the finals of one. I conceded in the top four of one. And nobody gave him crap and they gave me crap. Anyway, before we go, I just want to say Magic the Gathering is literally the best game ever made. I really appreciate you coming on, Mason. Before we do it, like, you know, all of the wrap-up stuff, why should people listen to constructive criticism? Because I, I love it. I love you and Allie. I think you two have a great chemistry. I want, But I want you to sell it. Sure. So I think if you're looking to improve in Magic and you've learned the basics of Magic, you kind of, you know how things work, and you're trying to make that step from, like, okay, I kind of get stuff and I kind of understand where things are at, so I want to be someone that's competing and a competitor. I think that's really where we come in. I think one of the best ways to learn magic, and it's actually one of the few flaws of the arena we didn't get to talk about. So the other thing I was going to say is you don't have that one person right there. You don't have the other social experience. And you can learn a lot from other people. And sometimes the biggest learning moment you have is hearing these other people talk and tell you these things and hear these conversations. And at least that's how it was for me. Uh, and many other people I know, like PV, et cetera, who just talk about how the interaction with other people were these huge step-up moments for them. And if you know who PV is, you know how huge that statement is. And so if you're looking for that, we, I think we present it in one of the best ways possible that's understandable for newer players uh, who are wanting to make that step in. For me, intermediate players who are already there, I think we have a lot to teach you. Allies in Rivals League, I'm not half bad myself. And uh, I think we do a lot to do all that bad. while being new user-friendly and Entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Other than when Mason ends, it messes up his intros. He's great. I, I, you repeat one funny <laughs> intro one time. And Wait, Spencer, are you under the impression that messing up the intro to a podcast is bad content? <laughs> anyway, I it really is the experience for any, sure. Anyway, uh, so first of all, I want to, I want to say something before I forget, uh, because I'm, I'm prone to do that. Which is that when when I say that Magic the Gathering is the best game, I'm like I might cry during this, and I did not expect that. I know that that's like a whole meme that West has created for this podcast, but I I did not know that I gave West the deck that he played at his first tournament. Um, oh, I am gonna cry. Uh, and West has become one of my best friends, and I don't I um. Remember the email that I got from Mason Clark offering to help me with CCMTG. I definitely am going to cry. And whew, I am crying. And the, uh, magic is 
something really special. You know, I hear people in the Smash community talk about it with Smash. I hear people in the Yu-Gi-Oh! community talk about it. And, you know, I have been part of both of those communities. I have been a part of Airsoft communities, basketball communities. There has never been anything in my life like Magic. And, uh, you know, I, I did not realize how... When West has told me <laughs> that, you know, I am his biggest influence in Magic, I didn't get it until you said that. And I am sorry that I didn't understand what you were saying. I mean, it's like you gave me my first dose of a drug. I, I, uh, that's fair. Now I feel less good. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, this one's free. It was, that was, that's, that was literally, and true. it was a hell of a, hell of a deck. To have it to your too, yeah. Um, I, I just think that, you know, before I, I obviously joked that like, this is the lowest rated thing in the history of the show, but I think it's because of the expectations that we all have of mm -hmm. the greatest game ever made. Like, I rated this a four, whereas like I play I play Magic the Gathering Arena. Yeah, we actually it, rated it inverse it, of our hours played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably true. Um, uh, so you should do it. Um, these are two of my best friends, and I've literally met Mason Clark twice. Like. Literally, <laughs> I, and, and I could tell Mason anything. Like, I've sent him pictures of myself in the bathtub. Like, you could literally... That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, the, it, is, it is the best game ever made. You'll make the best friends you've ever had. Um, so play it. You can find me at Spencer13H. You can find West at East underscore Monotone. I'm going to make him change his Twitter handle, by the way. That's going to happen. Can you do that? Yeah, I mean, I'll pay you. I'll literally pay you money. I mean, oh, I guess if God. you could change your Twitter handle, I probably should at this point. I yeah. I'll gladly do it. <laughs> People say you're esports, right? And I'm willing to do it. You should definitely do it, Wes. <laughs> uh, you can find the podcast at Need to. Oh man, is it Need Turner Pod? I don't even remember right now. Pretty sure it's Need Turner Pod. Uh, but most importantly is where you can find our guest. Mason, take it away. Well, you can find me each and every week on Constructed Criticism, which is on the CCMT, or the uh, He's a Game Media family. No, no, it's it's the CCMTG network. Okay, okay. It is, it is the network, let's be clear. Just like Wizards of the Coast is owned by Hasbro. Exactly, it's the, you're owned by me, but you are the CCMTG network. Perfect, wow. Uh, you can find me underneath my corporate boss's thumb each and every week on CCMTG. <laughs> you can uh, find me there. I actually, uh, I do YouTube stuff as well. So if you go to YouTube.com and put Mason Clark Magic, I pop up. I, you, if you put Mason Clark, I don't pop up yet. But uh, we're working on that. So don't worry. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash the Mason Clark. Do you mean to start uh, a GoFundMe? Like, can we pay him off? To, to what? I don't know. What is his, what is his dollar amount? I don't know. Just tell me. <laughs> you tell me. You tell me, and we'll start a GoFundMe. Let's go. Won't be that hard. I'll tell you that. Uh, but no. But you can find me at Twitch.tv/slash The Mason Clark. Uh, I stream there as well. Actually, I dual stream to both YouTube and Twitch. I'm breaking the affiliate program. Don't tell Twitch. Um, and then you can find me on Card Kingdom each and every week. Every Thursday, I put up a new article. 
predominantly related to standard. This week, we're going to be having a tier list article where I'm going to talk about what things are looking like for a ladder. That way, you can kind of get a handle, and it's a place to find a lot of deck lists. This is why I always tell people, hey, if you don't really care that much what I have to say, I promise you I put a lot of work into finding the right deck list and tuning those deck lists. So if you're looking for at least a starting point, go check those out. If you don't believe this, uh, Matt Kling and I did a Constructed Clash on the Constructed Criticism YouTube channel where we both played one of Mason's decks before the, the set even came out. Uh, I won with the Clash. So I, think good. I won the Clash, <laughs> and then it won the challenge. I was like six cards off. I was so yeah. close. So like so when close. Mason says he puts a lot of work in, like I literally beat Matt, and then the deck won the challenge. So like believe him when he says he puts in the work. Uh, before, before we move on to, you know, how you're supposed to like and sub and all that stuff, I do want to say that, uh, because, you know, this is the first time I've been on a podcast with Mason Years, that I'm really proud of you. I love what you're doing with Constructive Criticism. I love you. And if you're listening to the show as a CCMDG fan that was like a Spencer fan, Mason is one, a better podcaster than me. Two, he's better at magic than me. Blushing, blushing. Keep, keep going, though. I love it. I'm going to <laughs> And three, and three, uh, we both have red beards, but his, his, he lets his grows out way more than mine. I trimmed mine yesterday. I trimmed, I trimmed mine way too low, so we won't talk about it. But I also had work today for my my new job. But I, I love, I love what you're doing in constructive criticism. Um, it's been a hard, it's been a hard time to take over, and. <laughs> I got. I feel so bad for Allie every week. Every week. It's been. It's been. I literally quit the podcast in February, and in March the world shut down, and like I felt so bad for Mason, because I'm like, hey, man, dude, like you take over. I don't even think that we'll miss a beat. And then like three weeks later, it's like, yo, bro, like there's no more magic, and so. Down for a couple months. <laughs> yeah, people are like, yeah, we'll be back by summer. And Mason literally texts me. He's like, bro, I don't know that we'll be back by summer of 2021. <laughs> uh, but you, uh, you are you are one of my favorite people in the whole world. I mean that. And you know, despite despite the fact that I'm like, hey, here's the numbers for Magic the Gathering. I I help you know that I'm proud of you. And I'm proud of what you're doing. And I believe that constructed criticism is still the best constructed podcast to help people get better at Magic the Gathering. Oh! So. We're the only yeah. one left. Let's go! Also, Mason's. <laughs> Ow! I host another one! Dude, that was a dagger. Just dagger your boss while he compliments you. You're on the throne? You can't see the people below you. You just see a head. <laughs> See, Mason, this is where you went wrong, getting yourself in a position where Spencer could call you his boss. That's really the mistake you made. But you, you're in the same position. That's so not true, though. I could, I could fire you right now. Yeah, but, like, there's no incentive structure in it. Like, I lose nothing. Spencer loses way more than me is, is more of the problem when he fires me. He knows he's got talent here. Oh, wow. So much self-confidence. If you love West's self-confidence, smash that like button. Hit that sub button. If you have a chance, review. This is the longest podcast this month. I, I mean, it was three people. I knew that was going to happen. 
Uh, if you have a chance to leave us a review, please do so. It, it means the world to us. But as we say goodbye this week, um, I just want to give some shout-outs. Uh, and I will do them until Wes interrupts me. Uh, Michael Handerocker for all, you know making Uro and making Magic terrible. Uh, Matt Kling for being one of the worst Smash players I've ever known and just losing to me in our last best of five. I don't think he'll ever beat me again. Uh, Mason Clark for being the worst Mario that I've ever known. Uh, he, he only has one move. It's called, called the, the, the Spike. Uh, he kind of sucks. Uh, West Singleton for literally beating me one out of 35 times in Smash. Uh, I'm literally going to keep going until you stop. I, that's no, such a... Man. Spencer, it's not one in 35. It's like one in 80. All right, all right, all right. That's interruption. Okay. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. I just learned I'm one in 80 against West. I actually don't think it's that much. No, he's 80 and one against me. Everyone, be, let's be really clear on this. I lose to Spencer at Smash, and I do it regularly. Just to be clear, you that. lose to me more than you lose to Matt, and I just want to make that clear. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Not necessarily by percent. Join, no, definitely by percent. Join the Discord. Love one another. See you guys all next week. Notice I brought Pokemon up at some point. I mean, that was inevitable. We were reviewing Arena. Also, I think that stopped, and that's definitely making the podcast. <laughs>